11 minutes past nine o'clock and it's time for the Riviera Wellbeing Window. Good morning, Gavin. How are you? I'm very... Well, you've played the Cliff Richard Christmas song, so that's put me in the perfect Christmas spirit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right, well, we're talking about... We'll look back on 2022. Uh, it's coming to an end, finally. Yeah. It's been another tough year for many of us. Are we all finishing the year happier than last year or is it all doom and gloom? It's all doom and gloom. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> all right, what, do you, what, what would you like first? Do you want the good news or the bad news? What should we do first? We'll do the bad news we'll first. We'll do the bad news. Well, okay. Then. All right, let's get the bad news out of the way. So uh, there's a charity called Rethink Mental Illness, and um, they did this piece of research to say exactly that. Are we finishing the year uh, in terms of our mental health better off or worse off? Um, and this is, was, was done in the UK, um, and n nearly a third of UK adults said they're finishing the year feeling that their mental health is worse than at the start of the year. Um, and another piece of, of distressing research was from the, um, the Helpline, which, which does a lot of work with students in the UK called Nightline, and they just said this year has been a massive rise in students calling up because they're more stressed and they're more anxious. So, you know, it's, I think for everyone, it's been a tough year, it's been a tough three years if we go back and think about um, the pandemic. So I think, you know, life, life was tough before we got hit by a global pandemic. Um, the American Psychological Association had said that, you know, there was an epidemic of loneliness back in 2015. And, you know, we know that, that depression is, is a worldwide public health issue. So, you know, to, to the question, are we happier than last year? It's questionable, but lots of research is saying, well, it's been another tough year. That's, that's the bad news. That's the bad news. It's not going to make me angry. But no, what's no, it we're, not, we're not going <laughs> to make Sarah angry. We, we, we've learned that. We're not doing that. Um, however, okay, so there is some good news. Um, the world's happiness um, report, and I know you've been talking a lot about happiness, and I've been really enjoying you talking about the happiness formula and, and happiness generally. And one of the things they said which really heartened me was that there's been a global upsurge in benevolence this year. So we're giving more money to charity than previously. We are doing more voluntary work, um, helping strangers more than ever before. So there's lots of things, I guess, because in difficult times, perhaps we pull together as, um, as communities. And, and then one piece of um, research that follows on from that, just curious to know, they also have ranked every country in the world to see which is the happiest. Um, so, so, what do you think? Any any guesses for which which is the happiest country? I know it's no not pressure. France. <laughs> I know it's definitely not France. It's, uh, not, it's probably somewhere like Norway or Sweden or yeah, uh, Denmark. No, they're that's happy. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. Have you been cheating? No, no, I just no. I can just imagine. <laughs> I think in the past, I've, it's, it, they've yeah, come up in the it, rankings. It, as, you're absolutely right. So, um, and by the way, France was ranked of the, all of the countries twentieth. Um, <laughs> no UK, surprise there. UK slightly ahead. The UK was 17th but yes Finland Finland was ranked first Denmark second and Iceland third oh, so yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. anyway so that's the that's the, I guess the take on 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 2022 you know it's it's been tough but we're 
we're, we're looking to pull together and I think that that makes sense and to me that's heartening. Okay, so bringing on 2023, but we've got to get over the hurdle of Christmas before we welcome 2023. <laughs> uh, the holidays can be a joyous time and they can also be stressful. Uh, beyond the obvious stresses of Christmas shopping, uh, what makes this time of year so stressful, Gavin? Well, I'll start with something light-hearted. I'm not sure how scientific the made-for-mums research is that someone sent me, but uh, they, they did a poll of, I think it was the top 40 or top 50 family arguments at Christmas. So any idea which one was... I'm, I'm putting on the spot a lot today. Don't want to make you angry. Which do you think was the one, the biggest family argument that happens over Christmas? What to watch on the television. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> I, I speak from experience here. <laughs> that, was, that was there. Number one, apparently, is the ownership of the remote control. <laughs> um, high up there in the top ten is, is people cheating over board games. Um, kids glued to social media. Um, and one more, I think, was ranked... 14 or 15, um, arguments over the temperature of the house. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that, yes. <laughs> Grandma Mavis used to have it on high and it used to get turned down. And, oh, Grandma I do, Mavis, bless I do, her. I do remember um, that. So, on a, more, you know, on a more serious note, I think it, it is a very stressful time of the year. And I think, you know, there are lots of triggers that um, Christmas... Um, uh, we, you know, we get triggered in terms of money, loneliness. Um, we remember people who aren't around. I think specifically, you know, more than anything else, I think there is this sense that holidays are a time of togetherness. And yet we might feel lonely. So there's this paradox between I can be surrounded by people or I can be alone. And in both scenarios, I can feel lonely. Um, I think there's this expectation of what Christmas should be. And I think we get caught between the past and the present. We, we remember Christmases as, you know, in our younger years, which hopefully we have wonderful memories. And so we want it to be perfect. And, you know, nothing's perfect, but that expectation puts us under so much pressure. And families, as wonderful as a family might be, I think the amount of times clients will say, I'm really stressed about being at home this Christmas because there's an expectation when we go home that we should play the role that we played when we were younger. So maybe when we were younger, we were the quiet one or we were the obedient one. And we're adults now. But we need to explain to mum and dad that I don't want to be the, the joker or the quiet one. Um, so aside from things like the you know, cost of living, um, I think the, the triggers that come up for us at Christmas just can make it, as, as obviously it's a joyous time, we hope, but can make it really stressful. Okay, well, leading us on to a first question. Uh, hi, Sarah and Gavin. Any tips for surviving Christmas with a young child with ADHD? Yeah, thank you for that. And, and the list was kind enough to send the, that question to us yesterday. So I had some time to think about it. And I also have a client um, at the moment who um, is faced just with this situation. And I think sometimes what happens is that the rules tend to go out the window and we don't give the kids enough of their normal routine or discipline. And, you know, a child with ADHD is possibly going to have a problem focusing 
um, being impulsive, difficulty communicating. And one of the, the biggest challenges for a child with ADHD is unstructured time. So I would say to the person who's written in to, to really plan because the spontaneity will not be helpful. Um, so, you know, if the, the usual routine is something like it's probably three meals a day and at a certain time, if on Christmas Day, you know, you're serving lunch at three o'clock, that's going to cause the child with HD some, some anxiety. So, um, so have a plan. Try to stick to the routine. Um, not have too much leisure time. Do the things that your child with ADHD enjoys. You know, you have to make um, allowances that your child will need to do the things that he or she particularly enjoys. If the other family members are aware, share it with them. So that, you know, and, and often co-parents don't even talk about it with each other. So the mum and dad haven't even talked about, oh, it's fine, it'll be Christmas Day. We'll let them do whatever they want. And, you know, what are we going to do? And the last thing I'll say, if you've got a child with ADHD or something similar with autism, what do you need? Because you need to get your needs met as well. Okay, thank you. I hope that helps and uh, wishing you a happy festive season. Thank you for your question. Uh, second question uh, says, Hi Sarah and Gavin, I would dearly love to find a way to avoid the build-up to Christmas and the event itself following the loss of my eldest son six years ago at the age of 25. Each year it's like a knife being stabbed into my heart and there is no way of avoiding uh, as of course I have other children and family members who feel that we have to do what is expected of us celebrate Christmas. Uh, we travelled at that time of year for a few years which helped a lot but elder family members are getting no younger and it's hard to leave them behind. Oh, such a such a moving question and I think the first part was uh, how do I manage the, the build up to the build up to Christmas. You know I wanted to talk about you know Christmas and, and grief because we just touched upon this this time of togetherness and yet it can one of the triggers can be for the people who aren't around and you know I think what I would say is that you know someone's absence it, it changes the long-standing rituals that we've always had and there is a, a wonderful author who talks about grief and I, I love his phrase and he says what we avoid pursues us and what we face transforms us and so as weird as this is going to sound I urge urge if you are grieving someone to lean into the grief it's okay to be sad and and yes as I just said there's this expectation of what Christmas should be but that's not where you are and that's okay and if you can I would say I think it was her her son and you know for a parent to lose a child there are few things that can be worse than 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 that so if it's possible can you include your child in some way what was their favorite recipe or do you want to light a candle but sometimes we think oh i i shouldn't focus on it or other members of the family they want to have a good christmas and you know maybe they're in a different place in their grieving process um two or three other tips that i will say and i know David Kessler shares similar um, beliefs about how to survive grief at Christmas. Say no. You know, if people are saying, well, we're going out Christmas caroling or we're going to this party, it's okay to say no. And as we often therapists often say, no is a complete sentence. 
Okay. You don't need to justify it. And um, one other thing I would say, dedicate time to grieve. So whatever it is that you need to do, what will be special, looking through the photo album, going to the funeral grounds, whatever it is, dedicate some time to grieve. Don't bury it under the carpet. Okay, thank you very much, and thank you for your uh, message and wishing you a uh, happy uh, Christmas as much as it can be. And uh, moving on, we've got another question. We had worldwide COVID and many other issues. I and many others feel stressed by the Ukraine war. Do you think there will be any progress next year? Any progress in the Ukraine war or in terms of, of mental health? I guess it's probably getting better. Yeah, any progress in the, anything getting better? The, 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 first one I, the first one I don't know about... Um, I, I mean, I think, look, as we just said, it's been three tough years and it's really interesting because look how heavy this is already. Here we were this time last year, by the way, and I remember when we, we sat here at this show last year, we were just starting to see newspaper headlines of this new variant called Omicron. And I remember us saying, and someone was writing and saying, now there's this, I'm overwhelmed. This time now, wind the clock forward, we're talking about Ukraine. And so I think we've got to do our best to manage our well-being in a holistic sense. I said this time last year, you know, read the papers less. Look at the social. You know, it doesn't mean that we ignore what's going on. It doesn't mean we can't do some donate, give our time, all the wonderful things that's being going on the French Riviera for um the people who are suffering in in Ukraine. It's been incredible, that sense of community. But I also need to shut off some of the outside world and devote some time to me. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Okay, again, thank you for your question. I'm fitting a one or in just before the new sport and weather. Hi, Gavin and Sarah. How do I stop my teenager spending Christmas Day on TikTok? He will miss the best part of Christmas Day because he'll be glued to the thing the whole day. I have such happy Christmas memories watching EastEnders and the Queen's Speech. Uh, surely he won't look back in years to come and remember the year he was glued to TikTok. I guess smashing the phone would not be good parenting. Yes, do it. Smash it. <laughs> I would. What's TikTok? No. Um, <laughs> Worse than me. <laughs> I think I've been on it once. Um, how do you stop the child being... Um, I think it depends what, what glued to it means because uh, we've all got a different definition of that. Um, I read somewhere recently that Steve Jobs didn't allow his kids to have iPads or he, mm. he restricted the time. And the advice from mental health professionals used to be, well, you give your kids so many hours per day. Um, and now I think actually the, the advice I think is actually rather than saying so many hours, I would say if, if you can agree beforehand, when is, when is the, um, whatever it is, the phone or the iPad going to be allowed? So rather than so many hours, can we agree that there's a rule that not during lunch or not during the afternoon? You know, we've got to recognize that, that kids are glued to social media in a way some adults are. Uh, I spend too much time sometimes looking at the phone. But can we actually just say in advance, you know, let's agree that during the lunch or during the opening of the presents, no one, including adults, no one's going to look at social media. Then afterwards, they can go back and have a look at it. Yeah, or you could maybe accidentally lose the phone or whatever they're looking at TikTok on, no? Dep depends on the age <laughs> if you can get away with it. You know, we're in the car and, wow, we just we forgot to pack your phone. Bribe um, them, bribe them, pay them a euro every time they don't look at That will work, I yeah. bet you. And this uh, will all be released in Sarah Tips for Parenting. <laughs> it's the only way Coming forward. up next year. <laughs> 
Okay, Gavin Sharp taking your questions. It's the Riviera Wellbeing Window. We're talking about how to survive Christmas and how to survive 2023 after 2022. 9.27, new sports and weather's next. If you have a question for Gavin, it's not too late. A studio at rivieradio.mc. Sunny intervals, highs of 14 degrees in Monaco and St Paul de Vence, 15 degrees in Nice, reaching 16 degrees in Cannes. This evening going down to 8 degrees in Nice and 7 degrees in St Paul and Monaco with clear skies. At the outlook for tomorrow and Friday, light rain with a gentle breeze, highs of 13 to 15 degrees across the region. Uh, the sun rose at 10 to 8 this morning and will set at 4.53. It's just coming up to 20 to 10. All the news is available on our website, rivieradio.mc and you can also check out our Facebook page 106.5 Riviera Radio. Returning to the well-being window, we're looking back at 2022, uh, forward to 2023 and how to survive uh, Christmas with Gavin Sharp who's here uh, with Riviera from Riviera Wellbeing for the Riviera Wellbeing window. Right, Gavin, now in the first half of the show we've obviously had questions from listeners uh, with different reasons as to why they might be hesitant about the Christmas uh, season or jumping into 2023. Can you give us your top tips on how to survive the holidays? I certainly can. Just Can I just clarify one thing? You said just then, we're doing how to survive Christmas with Gavin Sharp. That's a little bit. That's that's a little bit disturbing, Sarah. <laughs> Should my family be tuning in? Is that yes? Of course. There's, there's some questions there. I don't know about. Definitely. Why not? <laughs> okay. Let's assume it's how to survive Christmas, uh, and Gavin Sharp's here. Um, okay. Top tips: how to survive the holidays. Um, so I think it's about being, if we can, just slowing ourselves down and being more deliberate. Um, to coin a phrase that a client of mine used, um, I just need to remember to pee pee. And I said, excuse me? She said, press pause. And I thought, that's brilliant. I'm going to steal that. So have a pee pee, press pause. And what is it firstly that I want or need? Maybe I want this Christmas to be a bit more spiritual. Maybe I want it to be a bit more fun. Maybe because of a bereavement, I want there to be uh, woven into the Christmas uh, some kind of ritual around a loved one I've lost. So, um, so I think about being more deliberate. So how can we do that? Firstly, I would say, let's let go of perfection. Let's let go of it's got to be this ideal. Um, the kids are probably going to have a great time. And great may be different to our great when we were younger as someone was saying my, my child's going to be on TikTok for some of the time there is no perfect family and there's no perfect Christmas um, really important is um, if you know what you want ask for it boundaries are really important so again I, I have a client who just doesn't want to be um, their family lives in a different country so the expectation is for my client that they will be there for two weeks and and I said but what do you want and well she said I'm happy to be there for five days then that's a boundary I will join you for the Christmas celebrations but I'll be coming for five days and I think, again, we feel under so much pressure. Um, so set your boundary. If during Christmas Day you know that you will need some you time, then say that you know, around 5 or 6 o'clock my wife and I are going for a walk. We've, just, we've got to, because I think we end up just being swept along with the family event and we feel that we don't have a voice. 
you know, and I was talking before about triggers. Know your triggers. I mean, I had a client who, I'm um, just going to change the, the family member slightly to make it non-identifiable, but she gave her sister a Christmas present a few years ago, and her sister opened the present and said, what makes you think I'd want this? And it's a bit blunt. <laughs> it is a bit blunt. And she said she was just mortified and it stayed with her. It was like three years ago. So we need to work out what sets us off. You know, is it, I don't know, is mum going to be sat there and suddenly say, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if Donald Trump won the election again? And, you know, and you're not a Trump fan. Just know that you've got a little code word with your partner that you might need some time. So... Yes, of course, it's about compromise. I'm not saying that we can all do what we want for the whole of the Christmas period, but I think there's a balance. And I think we need to be deliberate and we need to make sure that we weave into Christmas some activities for us. Okay, so that's your top tips on how to survive the holidays. Not with Gavin Sharp. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a bit of a (laughs) feat. Uh, 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 My next question, I was going to ask about people, we touched on it a little bit before the news, uh, who might have lost a loved one this year and how they can navigate through the first Christmas without that person. I've actually had a question, another question we had a couple that said before the news, talking about grief. Uh, This listener says, this is our first Christmas without my father and my mother doesn't want to participate in Christmas and I'm not sure whether to let her or try to encourage her to join us all. Any suggestions, Gavin? Well, it's so interesting that we're talking about Christmas and a time of of togetherness and yet this is what it brings up. It brings up so much of our loss. I would say if uh, encourage is a good word and I think if you can encourage was it was it the mother? She just lost her father, and it's whether or not to encourage the mother, the mother. to take part. Yeah, I think you can encourage, um, but recognise that there's no formula for grief. We all grieve differently. And so if what mum needs is time alone, there's a difference between needing time alone and her being isolated for the last X number of, of months. So I think I would... Um, respect what she wants, by all means encourage her. Sometimes we ask open questions and a person who's grieving doesn't know the answer. So we'll often say from a place of love, what is it that you need? And it's a great question, but someone grieving may say, I don't know. So you can come up with some suggestions. We'd like to pop over then if you want to be on your own Christmas day, um, would it be acceptable if we came over at four o'clock with some leftovers? Or um, maybe we can celebrate on the 26th or... So, you know, talk to her, respect her wishes. Um, There isn't a wrong way to grieve and everyone, and that's what's hard because the whole family is gonna be grieving uh, in a different way, but just make room for everyone to have their way. Okay, well, thank you for your email. I hope that helps, and I'm wishing you a happy festive uh, season. And as you just said, we've covered it. It can be a very hard time uh, for some, and I mean, others do actually embrace Christmas with uh, much enthusiasm and joy. Uh, how do you stand yourself personally, Gavin, on on Christmas? Is it uh, is it the time of the year that you embrace and look forward to? Yeah, I do. I think I think it's for me. I look back, and and I've got wonderful childhood memories. Now, my family's in different parts of the world, um, so uh, I have to recognise that. And 
be deliberate about it, make the best of it. So, you know, there'll be some Zoom calls. Um, I'm actually going to be away over the actual Christmas period. So right now, some of the family are, as, as, as we speak, arriving for an early Christmas. So, yes, and... And also remembering that, you know, I've also lost loved ones. Uh, you know, I lost someone very close during the during the pandemic. So I'll also be thinking about, okay, well, what's what's the ritual? Uh, what is it that needs to happen just so that I can honor her? But yes, I think it's a lovely time of the year to celebrate family, to celebrate togetherness, um, but not discount the losses. We need to make room for both. Okay, well, we're marking at the end of the year and we've covered a lot this year uh, in the Riviera wellbeing yeah. window, including narcissism, relationships, addiction, stress and burnout. Uh, which show stayed with you the most and why, Gavin? Well, the show that got the most hits, um, interestingly, of all those topics was the one on narcissism. <laughs> um, and there's something about that topic. I was half, literally half out the door of the studio and my phone rang and someone said to me, a massive light bulb has just gone off. And after 15 years of being in a relationship, you have just named my partner. So that stayed with me and I, I was speaking about if anyone is interested in the, the all the podcasts are on on the Riviera Wellbeing website but I mentioned the author Romani Dervasula um, and you know she speaks about the three C's of narcissism that these narcissists are they're charming they're charismatic they've got confidence so if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, and I think this was the light bulb moment for probably more than one person which is just this person has love bombed me. There are times when it's been absolutely wonderful. And the moment I get a bit too confident, then I'm being invalidated. I'm being made to feel small. So this person's self-esteem was on the floor. So she didn't think she could walk away because she didn't think she'd be able to survive in the world because she's been manipulated and gaslighted and um, just from this, this um, toxic individual who had such a sense of entitlement. So that show really stayed with me and I think it resonated with lots of listeners. And uh, also, which was the most challenging listener question from all of the shows or was there a question that caught you off guard maybe? Well, all of them catch me off guard, I think. Um, you gave me quite a hard time in the love addiction. I did, I'm trying to it, think. Where, where, it, it was love, love addiction. addiction. <laughs> because we were having this discussion, and I remember you saying, oh, come on, there was enough going on. In the world. Now we can't even fall in love. Um, I think my mother even shouted at me about that, saying, you've got to be nicer to Gavin. <laughs> Being nicer to Gavin, yeah. Surviving Christmas with Gavin Sharp. Um, so, no, I, I, I enjoy the banter being challenged. Um, Sometimes the tough questions people ask, um, someone wrote in to say, what's Gavin's success rate in curing addiction? And I always feel so inadequate because firstly, how do you define success rate? As I said at the time, if someone has a, a relapse but has got, you know, lots of healthy sobriety and they learn from it. So, so those questions are quite tough about, you know, success rate. Um, in that Love Addiction sh show, someone wrote in and said, shall I shall I tell my daughter to stop watching Disney movies then? So that, that threw me. Um, and then one, I think, a bit more serious, uh, someone wrote in when we were doing relationships and asked about, do you need to forgive? Mm. And, you know, forgiveness, if, if someone has wounded me um, emotionally or in, actually in any way, um, 
it's quite controversial because the popular perception is, well, you must always forgive and you shouldn't be left having a resentment. And, and my view as a therapist is it's not always appropriate. And if, I'm, if I've experienced abuse, physical, sexual abuse when I'm younger, sometimes this, this pressure to forgive almost um, perpetuates the shame or it blames the survivor. You should so you're doing something wrong. Um, or, you know, if I had a troubling childhood, this sense of, well, you should forgive your mother, it was a long time ago. And I think for me, the work sometimes is, if forgiveness feels right, yes. But for me, it's about processing what happened so that it doesn't have a hold over me. So I'm not left holding a resentment, um, but actually not always forgiveness. So. That question did stay with me because I'm not sure I answered it at the time succinctly because it's such a nuanced one. Mm. Okay, well, sadly, as usual, <laughs> it's whizzed past and we're already running out of time. Uh, so final question, let's look ahead to 2023. And now I know you're not a fan of New Year's resolutions. Uh, so what can we do instead? Uh, yes, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions. I think I gave some research from... Um, I think it was, was it Stanton University last year, that about 90% of our resolutions go wrong. Um, there's a great quote by the, the German spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle, and I know lots of people are familiar with his book, The, um, the Power of Now. And, and you know, his, his quote that I often wheel out is, life is now. There was never a time when your life was not now, and nor will there ever be. So for me, it's about um, really being present and reflective. So when I reflect, and, and I maybe go back to you know your happiness list, I'm gonna reflect on the things that bring me joy and be able to think about how can I have more of that. So I think being mindful, pausing, being reflectful and you know, when we did just before the, our, our Good Life event, I spoke about well-being. And for me, happiness and, and well-being are so linked. So being reflective, when you look at the, the, the five things that make up our well-being, my career, my financial security, my friendships, my physical health, and my community, which are the areas I might want to focus on? Um, and that, to me, feels healthier than a New Year's resolution. Um, and just share lastly, and I, I can't remember if I did share it in one of the shows previously. Um, I get like my father, I've, I've got one brother and my father always says, did I tell you or did I tell your brother? And it's usually both of us, dad. So I can't remember if we covered it, but I, I wanted to finish by talking about an author called um, Bronnie Ware and she wrote this book about the top five regrets of the dying. And I know you're at The Good Life, so you probably heard me talk about them, but. For me, this keeps me grounded and makes me think about what I want in 2023. And she said, to, so this was an, a nurse who worked in palliative care. And so after the years of working with people in the last few days and weeks of their life, she wrote a book and she summarized the book with the top, the, the book is called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I'll just share them with you if I can. The first one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Next, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. 
And then, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And the last one that almost gives me goosebumps, I wish that I'd let myself be happier. So for me, I would be grounded in your reflections and think about the now. Mm. Yeah, I remember when you said that during the show the last time, as you say. Uh, yeah. So maybe not New Year resolutions, but uh, uh, looking, grounding yeah. in the know, reflecting in, in the how. As I was saying about that happiness list, what's quite amazing about this uh, equation of reaching happiness is that it takes you through the different... We're starting with the list, as you've maybe been hearing on the, on the breakfast show, uh, because you actually say that if you remember that with no thoughts, we actually return to our default, which is like a childlike state, mm -hmm. and that is therefore happiness, because when you spend time with children, for example, that don't have those thoughts in their heads going out, the negative thoughts that we as adults seem to adapt, and, well not adapt to, but seem to take on board, and there, it's quite amazing how they say that the minute you actually take away those thoughts, and that's where you're replacing them with your happy thoughts, which is on your happy list, we return to a childlike state, which is happiness. I think that's right. And, you know, you, I don't know if you, you were still at the event. I think you probably were. I was talking at The Good Life about Marilyn Murray talks about the original child, that we were mm. all, we came into the world and we were born with all of this potential, with to live the life that we were capable of living, with our sense of possibility, opportunity, spirituality. And somewhere along the line between childhood and adulthood, some of that stuff gets eroded. And actually, our goal in the second part of life is, how can I get back to that? Mm. How can I get back to the essence of me, my soul, the original child? Okay, Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing. Thank you so much once again. A, a successful wellbeing window on Riviera Radio. And thank you for all the programmes that you've done uh, in, in 2022. You'll be back in 2023. I hope so. I hope so. Yes. Looking forward to it. Okay. And, and thank you as well for all your hard work and, and your team, although the team is largely... You do lots of work, and I often say this, I don't think people can quite appreciate what, what goes on here, but thank you, huge thank you to, to you, Sarah. Well, thank you, and wishing you and, and your family and friends a wonderful festive season. Thank you very much. Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing, and don't say I don't love you. <laughs> it's Barbara Streisand, oh the way we were. Oh my goodness, you've made my Christmas. <laughs>